Hey, welcome to Show Kill. I'm Chip Mahoney, certified DeFi expert and true crime enthusiast. And this is the show where I pair a crypto and a crime together at the same time. So in today's show, I'm talking about CASPA and also the Koberger case. I'm going to talk about important aspects of each. Get in, get out, and then we're done. So I'm going to do that as fast as a blockchain can run a smart contract. Before I do, click the like and subscribe button. Come back for more, and I'll have more for you. So let's do this. All right, so first up, let's talk about Caspa, which is a relatively new blockchain project within the last year and a half or so, gaining a lot of traction and a lot of news right now, up about 130% in the last 30 days alone, and is in the top 30 of all crypto projects. So full disclosure, this isn't financial advice, it's for entertainment only, but always do your own research and go to the websites, uh, read the white paper, as boring as it may be, and just research more so you can make sound decisions there. Uh, crypto is picking up, as you know, if you're watching this, you're interested in it, if you're a first time investor, could be a good time to dip in. So Caspa, what is it? Why am I talking about it? Well, I think it's a good opportunity to talk about something a little bit different than blockchain, which is a key term you're probably familiar with. Crypto is a term, Bitcoin's a term, blockchain's a term. But Caspa is what they call a DAG. And rather than a blockchain that is more linear in the direction, a DAG is a graph. It's a direct acyclic graph. And that makes for a lot of faster processing. Now, I'm not going to get into the details of what that is, but just know that it is different than a blockchain. So when blockchains are always talking about how fast they are and how great they are, those are features and benefits like any business. So I don't think a lot of them will be around in the future. Uh, I figure they will be consolidated into a few big ones. But a DAG, which is a faster and better way of processing, I think will be more adoptable by large institutions, businesses, and so forth. So I think CASPA is something that can stick around in the future. I think it offers a lot of value, uh, especially what I know about graph technology or DAG. So I recommend you read up on that, just kind of learn the, the differences there. But currently it's trading at about 13 cents. And if you are in the United States, you're not gonna be able to buy this as far as I can tell. It's not listed on any exchanges like Coinbase or Kraken. Um, so you're probably going to be denied if you're trying to uh, get something while in the United States. So maybe they will list on Coinbase in the future. I don't know about that, but uh, I would imagine so because it is in the top 30 of all projects. And I believe that um, if you were to use something like KuCoin or some other uh, exchange outside of the United States, then you would be okay. Uh, so think about that and also think about the power of the graph technology where, like I said, it's not linear like a blockchain, but more graph-based and it has angles and a much faster way of processing. So if you're interested in that, think about Casper doing some research, of course, but there are other graphs out there like Hedera Hashgraph, totally recommend that. That is listed on Coinbase and so forth. And then also projects or new ones like SEI, blockchain as well. There's not a whole lot of graphs out there like CASPA, but
but the ones that are, I think they are going to stick around. So with the explosive growth of CASPA, over 50,000% since the inception, uh, about a year and a half ago, I believe, and over 130% uh, within the last 30 days, I think it's just going to have a chance of really breaking through uh, the dollar market at some point in time. Again, not financial advice, but just something to think about. So I guess for right now, just watch if it lists on some of the U.S. exchanges like Coinbase and Kraken. I think the only two left uh, that you can get involved in, and maybe that will be the case. So when I talk about DAGs, I'm also going to be talking about a dagger in the Koberger case because I did a little tie-in there. So I'm going to go from Caspa now to Koberger, and we're going to get into the true crime, which is fascinating as well. Let's do this. All right, so thanks for sticking around with me. No pun, but I'm going to get into the dagger right now, or the knife, and stab at this case a little bit. So I'm talking about Koberger, which has uh, been a murder case now over a year since the murders happened, the quadruple murders around the University of Idaho campus. And now we're still waiting. Uh, I was supposed to go to court in October, but getting close to December now, we're still waiting for that to happen. And I think it's going to be a huge case, obviously a lot of media attention, but here in the United States in the last couple of years, some of the biggest cases I've ever seen in true crime have happened. And this has the makings of being even bigger than that. So we'll see. And I'm going to give you a few points about what I think about this one. Um, but what do you think about blockchain technology, hashgraph technology in true crime, helping to solve crime, helping to track all the evidence from the, the very start? I think it can be a real game changer in the future. It's going to be really interesting to see how that is integrated into it like it isn't just about any other field of business or whatnot. Because in the last five years or so, one of the biggest game changers ever has been genetic genealogy to be able to trace familial DNA along a family tree. And that's what happened here when they found DNA on a knife sheath that was found at the crime scene on one of the beds, which I do personally think was left there uh, by the killer on purpose. And I'm going to get into that. But that DNA led back to Koberger through a family member, and that's how they tracked him down in Pennsylvania. Probably stuff you already know about. But why do I bring it up and talk about the knife uh, particularly? Because I think it's something that the prosecution can stab at and talk about. Because the knife sheath was found on the bed there where two bodies were. And I believe that on the other side of one of those bodies is the intended target. So wherever that knife sheath was placed, in my opinion, it was placed there, um, that on the other side of... Uh, that bed and uh, the body furthest away from it, I would say, is the intended target. Because I do believe for one victim or for one girl that was stalked that they all died and that the boyfriend who was in the house at the same time, I do think that was a surprise to Koberger. I don't think he uh, necessarily uh, thought that he would be there and maybe he wanted him to live uh, as well. So I'll get to that at the end of uh, this segment here, but uh, that's something to think about as well. But with the knife, we have uh, the knife sheath. And then from the prosecution side, they could definitely stab at that. I think that's really important. But also on the defense side, you could also say that with the cell phone tracking data, even though you have Koberger in the area months before and at the time of the murders or shortly thereafter and so forth, that cell phone data tracking, that they could say, well, he was 
a grad student at Washington State, and they have psychology over at University of Idaho in a grad program, not criminology, but he was thinking of transferring over there, so he's getting acclimated to student life and looking around, and that's something they could certainly poke holes to from the defense standpoint. So you have the prosecution with the knife and the DNA, and then you have the defense with poking holes at them for what I just mentioned. So it's going to be interesting to see that how that happened. So in the previous segment, I talked about CASPA and the DAG. Well, they actually call that a ghost DAG from CASPA. Something to read up on, as I've said. But here in the Koberger case, I think he was ghosted as well. And in fact, I think he was ghosted to death. One of his former friends has said that online dating really bothered him because he was constantly ghosted and ignored by people that he swiped right. And that really bothered him. And I do think personally that carried over into this murder here because I think he is the one that did this, in my opinion. And I also think that for one person he was stalking, whom he never met, uh, he kind of uh, vented that frustration on that one person and those other people that the person was close with in the house, the friends and, and so forth, the other murder victims. So I think he was ghosted to death there, as I say. Well, only the truth will come out at trial when they get to that. And I think that will be really exciting. So I hope you found this exciting, this video I've done on the crypto and the crime. And I'll have more for you. So please subscribe, come back for more. And let me know if you have an idea about that in the comments or other crimes, cryptos you want me to cover in the future. So I'll have more for you. But on this one, I'm out. So thanks for being a part of what I do. See you next time.